From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hi, welcome to another episode of the IFN Podcast. I'm Emir, Senior Journalist at Islamic Finance News, and I'll be your host for today. In this episode, we will be talking to Dr. Ashad Muniza, Professor and the Associate Dean at INSEF University, Malaysia. As one of the key founders of Islamic finance in the Maldives, Dr. Aisha's journey has led her to become the first female Deputy Minister of the Ministry of Islamic Affairs, Deputy Minister of the Ministry of Finance and Treasury, and the first chairperson of the Hajj Pilgrimage Fund of Maldives. She has also served as the chairman of Maldives Centre for Islamic Finance Limited, which was set up by the government of Maldives to position the country as the hub of Islamic finance in South Asia. An Islamic finance consultant who developed the first Islamic microfinance scheme offered in the Maldives, the Sharia advisor who structured all the corporate suku offered in the Maldives, as Sharia advisor who structured the private suku and Islamic treasury instruments for the government of the Maldives, as well as the consultant who drafted the Islamic capital market legal framework for the country. Hello everyone, and hi Dr. Aishad. Thank you very much for joining us today in this week's episode of IFN On Air. So to start, can you paint us the picture of the Sukut landscape in the Maldives, in terms of how long has it been used to raise funds in the capital market, and what is the level of participation of private companies and the government in the Sukut market so far? Assalamu and hi, Amir. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, as you know, Maldives is a 100% Muslim country, but we didn't have Islamic finance until uh, 2000s. And our first Islamic bank was introduced in 2011. And same year, we also saw the inception of Islamic capital market in the country. So as for Sukuk, we started our first uh, Sukuk in the country in 2013. And so far, we have four Sukuks, which have been issued by the same company, which is Housing Development Finance Corporation, or HDFC. And the Sukuk that has been issued uh, in 2013 is based on Mudaraba, which is money management partnership type of a Sukuk without a SPV. We have our unique Sukuk infrastructure for our country because unlike in other countries, we have some limitations when it comes to the formation of, of SPVs or special purpose vehicle to issue Sukuks. So therefore, at the moment, all the sukuks that have been issued in the country is without a SPV to facilitate the issuance. And as for the government, um, we've seen previously a private sukuk being issued by the government that is also in 2013. But uh, it is only in the midst of the COVID we saw the first issuance of sovereign sukuk by the government of Maldives which is uh, based on a Ijara uh, structure. I understand that you have been involved in these Suku issuances in the Maldives. Can you share with us um, your involvement in these insurances? 
Uh, yes, in 2011, uh, when Capital Market Development Authority wanted to uh, start Islamic Capital Market, they were looking uh, to start a Sukuk development project as well. And I was the consultant uh, who was heading the project at that time. So after coming up with the report for the specific project, I thought that anybody can come up with a report or the theory of how to start off Islamic capital market and the Sukuk market. But actually what we need is to practically show how that can be done in the country. Therefore, I started to work with um, Capital Market Development Authority as their head of Islamic finance. And we tried to convince a lot of private as well as public companies to come to Capital Market and raise financing through Sukuk. But during that time, we didn't even have a single conventional bond issued or listed in our stock exchange. Therefore, it became a bit difficult for people to comprehend what it would be like to have a Sukuk in the country because we didn't have an experience of a conventional bond during that time. And after working with a lot of companies, finally, I understood that it is a bit difficult task to convince a company in Maldives to issue Sukuk, mainly because of the legal constraints we had, because according to the law, if you are a new company incorporated, then you have to be converted to a public listed company and you have to have a certain number of historical data before you can come to the capital market. And therefore, all those private companies who at the time said that they wanted to issue a sukuk couldn't come to the capital market just like that uh, because of these legal restrictions imposed on them. So finally, I found out that uh, there is one delisted company in the market who might be interested in issuing a sukuk, and that is HDFC. When I approached the company, the managing director of the company was very much willing to issue a sukuk. However, when I checked the portfolio and the asset portfolio of the company, I found out that they are just a conventional mortgage company and they don't have any Islamic assets. And therefore, the first task which I had to do was to introduce an Islamic window to HDFC to have Islamic operations. And we called that Islamic window as HDFC Amna, started Islamic uh, operations in it. And then only we were able to issue a sukuk to finance the operation of HDFC Amna, who gives home financing facilities to uh, customers who are interested to build their homes. So that is how the first Sukuk uh, came into the picture. Even though we started work in 2011, it was only in 2013, November, we were able to issue the first corporate Sukuk of the country. And in the same year, in 2013, uh, from the Capital Market Development Authority of Maldives, we were able to uh, come up with the required regulation to regulate the Sukuk market as well. So that is how uh, I was able to facilitate the market to introduce our first corporate Sukuk. And in that corporate Sukuk, I acted as a Sharia advisor. And 
um, now the same company has issued um, the same structure for the fourth time and it is a success story in our country because internationally speaking uh, we might not have all the required infrastructure to issue a sukuk in the country but in our case with the limited infrastructure and the constraints we had uh, this particular mularaba sukuk structure worked and right now we are also working with two other uh, private companies or we can say two companies who are interested in issuing sukuk in the country and hopefully this year uh, these two sukuks will be issued as well we are very hopeful of that and i'm very happy to note that they are coming up with two different structures as well so all this time starting from 2013 we've been issuing the same structure over and over again and which is mudaraba yes so right mm-hmm. now we are working on musharaka and istisna so i believe that these two different structures will show the potential of sukuk market to all those potential issuers in the country as well so you mentioned that um, there has been one issuance from the government and four issuances from the same company uh, in the maldives why do you think we are not seeing more sukuk issuances and what do you think is hindering private companies and the government from utilizing sukuk to raise funds i think the most uh, critical issue that we are facing is uh, irrespective of our faith conviction we don't have so much awareness about uh, islamic finance and therefore people are reluctant to use islamic finance uh, even though we have uh, one full-fledged islamic bank one islamic window operation for conventional bank one full-fledged takaful company one islamic window and then uh, there is hdfc who is a non fi- non banking financial institution uh, even though we have all these players in the market still we don't have so much awareness about uh, the sophisticated products that could be offered in the capital market and due to that i think uh, people are hesitant to find uh, ways to rely on innovative products and uh, utilize it for their own advantage um the second critical issue i would highlight would be the legal constraints now for sukuk it is very important that we have intermediaries like special purpose vehicle and credit rating agencies in place but we don't have uh, such infrastructure that are available in the country uh, because we don't have a specific law for the creation of spv and even if we create a spv under the general companies act spv would not be able to issue the sukuk because a new company wouldn't be able to act as a issuer under the capital market laws and for the two companies who are about to enter into the sukuk market they are also facing the same issues and uh, finally when it uh, comes to understanding the bankruptcy remote part of spvs we can't reconcile that uh, using our contracts law or companies act 
And because of that, uh, there are certain hindrances that we face in sukuk issuances. Furthermore, if you look at the incentives or taxation um, legal infrastructure of the country, there are no specific um, incentives nor legal considerations given to uh, those who are dealing with sukuk market. And therefore, this also could be a reason why uh, people are not thinking about raising financing through capital markets or particularly by uh, issuing sukuks. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned legal constraints. What are some legal reforms that you would suggest to help the sukuk markets to thrive in the Maldives? I think the first thing I would want to highlight would be having a legislation to create SPVs, which would be a bankruptcy remote uh, vehicle, as well as which would have tax exemptions. The reason why this needs to be highlighted is because there are certain types of um, sukuks that cannot be structured without a SPV. Now, when it comes to HDFC's Mudaraba sukuk structure, it could be a success story because even though without the SPV, HDFC is a regulated institution by the central bank. And therefore, they have high level of governance and uh, they could do a lot of things within their framework that in a transparent manner. But imagine if we use the same structure for just any company, which is not regulated by a regulatory authority, then it would be very difficult because there would be conflict of interest, there will be breach of fiduciary duties between the sukuk holders and the issuer or the SPV who is playing multiple roles in a sukuk issuance. Therefore, I would strongly suggest that the first thing we will need in our country would be a law to regulate SPV in a structured manner for sukuk issuances. Next would be um, the tax regulations need to be uh, revised as well in such a way that at least there could be some tax incentives given to those sukuk issuers as well as sukuk holders and those who are interested in listing sukuk in the secondary market as well. And uh, there are other types of laws or legislations that needs to be um, amended as well. For example, let's say if we are dealing with a sukuk structure where the underlying asset is selling of land, then definitely we need to consider removing the double taxation part that will be triggered in such a transaction due to what is mentioned in the land law. In the land law, it is mentioned that whenever you do a land transfer, for every land uh, transfer transaction, there will be a tax imposed. So imagine if we are doing two transactions in a sukuk, uh, then there will be double taxation, which will make the whole transaction becoming very expensive. And most probably it won't be feasible to use such, such a structure in the country. Therefore, I think it's very important we look at these types of impediments in different revenue or tax laws and try to find a way to provide some incentives to those who want to participate in the sukuk market itself. And another thing um, that 
uh, over the years, starting from 2013 up until now, what I have realized in our market is that we do have a regulation to govern the affairs of Sharia advisors. However, the requirements of the Sharia advisors make it a bit difficult for those Sharia scholars in the market to register with Capital Market Development Authority as uh, Sharia advisors who will advise for sukuk issuances or Islamic capital market products. The most significant evidence for that is up until now, we have only three um, Sharia advisors registered with CMDA. For a very long time, I was the only Sharia advisor, and then there came the second advisor, and this year, uh, third advisor. So right, right. we don't have Sharia advisors enough to advise the companies on how to come up with Islamic capital market products, how do we sustain the market, right? So this is one of the constraints we are facing. And uh, fortunately, uh, this has been realized by the Capital Market Development Authority. And currently, they are in the midst of uh, revising this regulation in such a way that more opportunities will be provided to those Sharia scholars in the market who want to register with Capital Market Development Authority as Sharia advisors. So the issue is not the lack of Sharia scholars, but they are not certified by the authority. Yes, the procedure mm. and the process are not fulfilled. Mm. And I think another factor that contributes to that could be uh, from the initial stage, starting from 2013, if you want to register as a Sharia advisor with CMDA, there is a specific fee that you have to pay to the authority. Now, it's if you don't have business, why should you pay, right? Mm-hmm. So at the infancy stage, if we ask the Sharia advisors to pay a fee and get registered with the authority, it might not be something that is so encouraging them to get involved in the market. So I would say these are some of the things that need to be reformed if we were to have a sustainable, vibrant, resilient uh, Islamic capital market in the country. And another thing I think would be a potential problem in future would be, of course, uh, right now we have only four corporate subgroups, but as the market grows, there will be obviously some disputes that may come into the picture. So when the dispute comes, what I'm afraid is a day where we have to go to litigation and get some kind of amicable dispute resolution uh, way. But imagine if we go to litigation, if we are unable to get justice in a super transaction, what will happen to the market? Uh, We can't afford to have such a day. Therefore, it's important to be prepared by having the alternative dispute resolution mechanism in place. So in order to do uh, a proper, for example, let's say if you want to have mediation or arbitration as a way to resolve our disputes, it's very important that uh, Maldives become a part of New York Convention so that whatever the arbitration awards that we want to enforce can be enforced in the way it should be uh, properly enforced. So I think we should be ready for such a day. It's not that when that day comes, only we try to find a solution. But before that, we have to be prepared. We have to learn from what is happening in other markets so that at least uh, we don't tarnish the image of our small um, Islamic capital market industry 
uh, by having to face such a situation. And so given the issues that you've mentioned before, I think my last question here would be what would be your hope for the Sukuk market and what is your outlook for the Sukuk market in the Maldives within the next five years or so? Um, what I hope is and what I have hoped since 2011 is uh, for us to have more players in the market because without the number, we can't achieve anything. If we have only one issuer issuing four Sukuks, that doesn't mean that our market is really growing and that we are tapping into Islamic finance so much. So I would want to see a day where more players come into the market and they try to explore different types of Sukuks rather than relying on one Sukuk structure so that at least uh, the Sukuk holders or the potential Sukuk holders will be able to experience the real uh, Islamic finance. So I think um, for the next five years, what I want to see uh, happening in our Sukuk market is number one, more players entering the entering into the market. Number two, more innovative products. I would really want to see, for example, a Wakufling Sukuk to finance the cash worker funds which are operated by the government. Uh, we successfully did one uh, Sukuk project that was when I was in the Ministry of Islamic Affairs as the Deputy Minister. We were able to have the Darul Iman project, which is the first uh, real estate Sukuk project where we were able to channel all the revenue received from the renting of that property to cash work of funds of the government, mainly uh, mosque renovation uh, cash work of fund. So I believe that the type of um, innovative uh, capital market instruments through Suku could be introduced, and we just need to ensure that um, there are enough um, Sharia advisors who have the uh, competency to advise on such things. Number three, uh, I think I want to see um, the reformation of Sharia advisor regulation, the existing one, so that at least we'll have more Sharia advisors, and more Sharia advisors means that there will be more uh, competent people to advise on uh, Sukuk and other Islamic capital market-related products in the market which will facilitate more players to enter into the market. So this is related to point number one. And number four is um, I would want to see um, the, I mean, having, of course, we have a commercial platform for Sukuk right now, even in Maldives. But what about those entities who are doing social finance? Can they tap into the capital market? Right now, the answer is no, because they don't have the financial ability as well as they don't have the legal capacity. So I would want to see a day where uh, our capital market authority will introduce the Islamic social stock exchange through introducing a new board or whatever the infrastructure is provided. I just want to see a day where the social uh, companies or social enterprises would be able to come into the capital market and raise financing through Sukuk or whatever the type of innovative instruments we can have in the market. And finally, 
I think, um, of course, for Sukuk, we have a lot of hope. And to issue Sukuk, it's very easy because the basic infrastructure is there. But instead of Sukuk, if we can have other types of um, debt instrument or equity instrument, which are more easy for the issuers as well as the investors, like crowdfunding, that would be really, really good. And last but not least, I would also want to see a day where we integrate technology into Sukuk market. For example, why can't we have blockchain-based Sukuks? I mean, why can't we have a, we are a very small market. Why can't we have just an IT platform to uh, integrate it with technology and let the multiple Sukuk issuances be issued using the platform? Being a small country, we can take advantage of this type of technologies, which are already there in other markets. And hopefully that will broaden our Sukuk um, market because we have the basic infrastructure required to do that and transparency and all those governance requirements would not be a risk anymore because of the because of leveraging in blockchain technology, for example. All right. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.